As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to an hour of our time. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to have a short discussion about the upcoming impeachment trial of President Trump. This will be much shorter than a typical episode and something that we might do from time to time if there is something very notable in the news that maybe needs a little bit of historical context. So with this, we will try to recap a little bit of an episode we did a year ago on impeachment and give you some information about what's currently happening within Congress. I'm Dave. And I'm Mark. So... As we mentioned at the start of the show, Mark and I are going to do a little bit of a recap and update on our impeachment episode that we did about a year ago. It's almost exactly a year ago. Yeah, yeah, when the first Trump impeachment trial happened. Um, and we're going to keep this you know, to a, a pretty short episode, maybe 30 minutes. Um, but this might be something you see Mark and I do more frequently when there's something in the news of significance to which it might help to have historical context, we might do some of these short episodes. So we'll come up with a snappy name for them. Not fast facts. <laughs> Slightly shorter facts. Snappy segments. Half facts. Car facts. <laughs> so let's start with a little bit of a review of the process of impeachment. And we'll sort of make it specific to presidential impeachment, but that's probably a place to start. What public officials can be impeached? So we talked about this in our last episode. Um, it is the president, the vice president, and those that are appointed, usually by the president. Um, so that would be um, people that are directors of different agencies, secretaries, administrators, cabinet um, and, members, cabinet members, and judges. Um, there have been you know, several examples of judges not just having impeachment proceedings brought upon them, but actually being removed from office. It, it's kind of a way of setting up a, a checks and balances so that people aren't abusing power, because that that sort of brings in question two, I think, here, which is, what are impeachable offenses? So that's a little vague in the Constitution. So as we mentioned in our last episode about impeachment, there was a term brought up when the Constitution shaping of impeachment was being recorded, 
um, it was a term maladministration, and this was a term that that Hamilton specifically um, supported, and they wanted that to be the standard for impeachment, like with presidential impeachment, and it, it essentially means incompetence. But the argument was that by making it something subjective, like incompetence, that it makes the president serve at the pleasure of Congress. Um, and so the term that that was actually agreed upon that is in the Constitution is... High crimes and misdemeanors? Yes, high crimes and misdemeanors. And those things are not explicitly spelled out what they include? No. And, and although it says high crimes and misdemeanors, there have been there has been precedence for the idea that it does not have to be a criminal offense. And with that, Congress has identified three general types of conduct that could be grounds for impeachment. And as I read them, it'll be probably pretty clear that these could fall outside of actual criminal acts. So one is improperly exceeding or abusing the powers of the office. So if you use your influence in a less than ethical way, that might not technically be illegal but could be grounds for impeachment. Two is behavior incompatible with the function and purpose of the office, which is very broad. And three is misusing the office for an improper purpose or for personal gain. So one thing I found also was that um, although these things are vague in the Constitution, um, there were some documents developed that have helped guide Congress in impeachment proceedings, um, most notably in 1974, the House Judiciary Committee prepared something called the Constitutional Grounds for Presidential Impeachment, and that was revised in October of 2015 and is now called Impeachment and Removal, and I, I found those documents, um, and they make a point to say that it's, it's clear that someone can be impeached for something that is not a criminal offense, and in fact, less than a third of articles of impeachment that have been brought before Congress um, have actually been for criminal offenses. So it's been more common that it's not technically a criminal offense that causes an impeachment trial. That's interesting. Well, we've entered or completed the first step of the impeachment process. Do you want to get into the steps? Yeah, I can speak a little bit to that. So impeachment as we all know, is the, the political process for removing a political officer. And it could be any of the people that Dave already mentioned. It's worth noting that Trump is the only president to have been impeached twice. And it's a, a, a two-part process. The first part under federal it's, it's law... It's actually a, it's a three-part process, right? It's a multi-part process. <laughs> the first step is takes place in the House of Representatives... And it has the power to impeach, um, i.e. bringing a charge against an official. So you're missing a step. So that's why there's three. So the first one is actually that Congress investigates. So the House Judiciary Committee, usually, it can be somewhere else, but that starts the investigation. They may bring in an independent counsel to work on that process. So there has to be an investigation before the House votes. Okay, that's good. One of the things that I was reading earlier was about the earlier Trump impeachment, and one of the arguments that they made was that the House started an investigation before having a full vote on whether or not to initiate an investigation, and the White House claimed that 
process for this is all fucked up, Randy Goofy, and it was against the precedent set by other impeachments. I don't know if they had an official vote this time around, but basically they do an investigation, come up with a charge or a claim the the official did this thing, which is against our rules of conduct or whatever. That, that, that is grounds for impeachment. Yeah. And then the next part of it would be um, the House of, Re- House of Representatives has the power to impeach, i.e. bringing the charge against the person and deciding to move forward with it. So in this case, in 2021, Trump's second impeachment, um, he's being charged with in, inciting a riot based on his January 6th speech and refusal to accept election results. And, and to move forward with that charge, they need just a majority of the House vote that is present. Not a supermajority, just a majority. Yep, simple majority. So um, I think all of the Democrats and six Republicans voted for impeachment. So that passed the House. And that's where we are now. Nothing else is going to happen until Trump is out of office, which brings up some other tricky questions later. Um, The second part, or third part, depending on how you're looking at it, um, the Senate has the power to try that charge brought up in the House. So it's sort of like a trial where they present the evidence and then they have a vote whether or not to formally remove and reprimand the official. Um, and it requires a two-thirds supermajority vote to convict and remove the person from office. So once there's a vote to actually impeach, the, the, the outcome is removal from office. Now, there's been a lot of talk about other things that can happen preventing Trump from running again, stripping his pension, stripping his travel stipend that that ex-presidents get for life. Those are things that can happen in addition, but it was unclear to me how. Like, is that a... I think that that's a separate vote. But I don't know for sure. I don't know if that's a supermajority. It wasn't clear how those extra things can get added on. Did that make sense to you? Well... Yeah, I'm not sure how it worked with the judges and other people that have been impeached, but on a presidential level, there have been four now impeachments that are technical impeachments. Charges have been brought against someone, but they have not succeeded in the Senate to have anybody removed. So there's not really a precedent for how to handle this sort of thing. And I kind of assume that it would be like in a normal criminal trial, you have a... um, the normal charges phase and then a second sentencing phase about what the consequences are for the thing that you've been charged for. So maybe you're right that it will be a second vote at a different time. I actually found an article here that says impeachment itself would not ban Trump from a 2024 presidential run. So the things that can happen, he can lose his $200,000 a year pension for the rest of his life lose his $1 million a year travel allowance, lose lifetime full Secret Service detail, and lose his ability to run, again, for office. Um, That's what people are claiming. So this article does sort of a fact check. Fact check. Um, So it makes a couple points. One, Trump would lose his post-presidency pension only if both the House voted to impeach him 
and the Senate voted to remove him from office. Impeachment itself without removal would not result in Trump being denied any benefits. So if he's removed from office, if the full proceeding happens, so just being impeached obviously won't change those things. If he's removed from office, then he will also lose his his pension, his yearly pension. The second point it makes is the law makes clear that presidents who have lifetime Secret Service protection never get a $1 million travel allowance. So I guess you can't have both. You can't have a, a Secret Service detail for life and get a $1 million travel allowance. The third point it makes, it is unclear that Trump would lose lifetime Secret, Ser- Secret Service protection even if the Senate voted to remove him and prohibit him from running. And four, even a Senate vote to remove Trump would not prohibit him from running in 2024. For the Senate to ban him from the presidency, it would have to hold an additional vote on this question specifically. So that clarified our one question, the idea of Secret Service protection for life and the travel stipend that you're given every year seems to be a conflicting thing. So the problem with this, as we've already stated, is that the 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 policy, the the proceeding of all of this is very vague. It's not clearly laid out. And as Mark mentioned, several presidents have been impeached, but none have been removed from office. So there isn't really a specific precedent for this event if it were to happen. And so you're kind of learning as you go. Yeah, and this is a a very unprecedented time in general. The events over the last few weeks and a couple months, I guess, have never really been dealt with in a direct way. And it leaves a lot of questions about how to handle this sort of thing. To my knowledge, no president has ever flatly contested the election result. I mean, within reason, you can have a recount, but we've done right several recounts. There are no facts to support this. I'm not even going to entertain the conspiracy theories that people are presenting about how this election was, quote, stolen from Trump or yeah. it was rigged and like I've heard stuff about the the voting machine company is in cahoots with somebody and there was a woman seen with a briefcase full of votes that weren't counted or some kind of thing like that and it's just wacky ass kook stuff that shouldn't have any place in politics uh, agreed I, I talked to my dad about this yesterday and I said do you really think that they're could even be any way that the election was fraudulent. And he said, I look at it like the JFK assassination. If 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 there was some big conspiracy, nobody's able to keep a secret that big for that long. It would have oh, been no. uncovered even in this much time. So no, was his answer. Yeah, it, it would take so much effort to pull off a conspiracy of this magnitude and not have somebody leak something about it. Like, the internet gives people a platform to produce this conspiracy theory stuff. I, I imagined you saying that like Admiral Akbar. A conspiracy of this magnitude. A conspiracy. Yeah. It's not good. It wasn't a good impression either. I didn't no. do a good job with that. No. I, I, I kind of biffed halfway through that one. Oh, no. Mine, mine was talking about mine. So. Most arguments for impeachment of Trump second time cites Trump's dangerous rhetoric, refusal to accept reality of his loss, um, which accumulated in the Trump supporters storming of the Capitol building on January 6th. 
while the Senate was in session confirming the election results in favor of Joe Biden. So Trump, um, Giuliani, some senator, I forget his name, and uh, Donnie Trump Jr. all gave speeches that had a tone of, well, we got to be strong and fight him and you got to go over there and kick some ass and take names and take care of that. They're, <laughs> they're saying like, oh, it's just free speech, right, to, to say stuff like that. But there's also clear definitions of what sedition is, right? Yeah. So sedition, sedition is conduct or speech initiating people to rise against or to rebel against the authority of the state. Um, contesting a fair election based on no good evidence feels like sedition to me. There was a Newsweek Statistia poll. They say that a majority, this was from a few days ago, a majority of all Americans support removing Trump before Biden takes office. So it's 56% of all Americans, 94% of Democrats, nearly 13% of Republicans. So they're, they're playing the party line on it. I get it, whatever. But stuff like this has to have a consequence. Without drawing the, the party line, so much of what we're talking about is vague with impeachment because of a lack of, of precedence, right? I think you need to, to set a precedence for this sort of an event because it's it will happen again someday. And we need to know, we need to have a guideline for how to to react to it regardless of party line, right? Like insurrection is something that it, it needs to be clear what that offense means. And this is an opportunity to make that clear, which is why people are being arrested. I mean, they're being arrested because they broke the law, but that's why it's important that they're being arrested because you need to set a standard for what will happen in this circumstance. Yeah. I'm surprised how many people they rounded up so quickly, but these, well, uh, I'm not, I'm not in the age of, social media and the best thing i saw i think i sent this to you joe sent it to me the guy who was walking out with the uh, speaker's um podium podium yeah. um they interviewed his defense attorney and his defense attorney the article title said something like photo of defendant with podium a problem and the quote from the attorney was i'm not a magician so i sent it to my brother who's a <laughs> lawyer and he went wow the first honest defense attorney did you see the the woman in Congress who who testified, or I guess not testified, spoke? She did not support impeachment, but she had a censored mask. It said censored on her her face mask while she was literally speaking into a microphone. Well, okay, I guess you gotta want to make a statement while you're making a statement. So the other thing that I wanted to talk briefly about is uh, so. Trump has less than a week in office at this point. And there are some issues now surrounding the impeachment trial, which make this situation even a little murkier. So the Senate phase will not start until he's out of office. And this is called a late impeachment. Um, many argue that this is unconstitutional. And the language in the Constitution is vague on the position of past officials. Um, although Congress has impeached two officials after they have resigned, one being a, a judge uh, named George English, mm -hmm. who resigned a few days before his impeachment trial began back in 1926. Right. 
article didn't mention who the other person was. Um, but there is a precedence for a late impeachment, but it's unclear about what that sort of situation means. I, I think um, I have the other person here. According to, this is from Senate.gov, George English resigned and his charges were dismissed. There was also a judge, Mark Delahaye. Um, he was a judge in, in, in 1873. He, was re- he resigned during the Senate impeachment trial. I think he's the other one. Well, it also happened in 2009. Samuel B. Kent, a judge who resigned in his case, was dismissed as well. Oh, well, maybe there's not a firm enough precedent for this. I'm also not... I'm looking at just like a chart. I'm, I don't have enough information here to, um, to expound upon it. So I think that we're both right. We just, I just don't have enough information to, to make a difference between what happened in each situation. Yeah, well... In whatever happens, many people have a feeling that the Supreme Court is going to have to be the last word on whether or not a late impeachment is constitutional or not. But there is a protective function of impeachment, um, i.e. someone who exhibits behavior that will damage the country or government institutions has to be removed. And whether or not an impeachment will prevent Trump from running again like he says he wants to would maybe fall under that in a technicality sort of way. And like we said, that would have to be a separate vote by the Senate that I believe also has to be a supermajority. So I don't know. That's all I have. This... Let me end with this, this last thought. So the other question that's been coming up is can Trump pardon himself? So in our episode a few weeks ago, we talked about the presidential transition process, and we talked about pardons, because typically a president issues pardons um, at the end of their term. Um, And this has caused, even before these impeachment proceedings, the discussion of can Trump pardon himself. So I wanted to clarify a couple things about that. One, there is no definitive answer to that, because surprise, surprise, the Constitution does not explicitly address that idea. Um, No president has ever tried to do that in history. Trump has suggested on Twitter that he has the, as you put it, absolute right to pardon himself. Um, The question becomes, will that hold up in court? And some argue yes, and some argue no. And both arguments are, it's vague, it's not clear, so you can or you can't. I wanted to point this all out because what the Constitution actually says is that the president shall have power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. Now, pardoning himself was not related to these impeachment proceedings. It was relating to other things. But that language to me would suggest that not only can a president not give a pardon in relation to impeachment, they cannot pardon themselves for something that is an impeachable offense if charges have been brought for impeachment. But if if it happens, if Trump pardons himself for other things, that would ultimately fall as an issue for the Supreme Court. Yeah, his legal defense people told him that it would be a very bad idea to try to pardon himself. Yeah, this is how uh, laws get specified, right? Through precedence. So if you, you you have a law, but there is some gray area or the times change and the specificity of that law isn't clarified in certain new things of the time, 
So, so legal precedence helps define those things. We're dealing with that right now because we've never had a president removed from impeachment, and we've never had a president try to pardon himself. If either of those things happen, it will set some new standards because we'll have to actually act on those things. So, interesting times. Well, anyways, hopefully this gets you a little bit up to speed um, in terms of what is going to happen over the next couple weeks. Um, And if this is of interest to you, I would definitely recommend going back to our episode from a year ago about impeachment, because we definitely get more into other cases. We talk a lot about Andrew Johnson, and we talk about Richard Nixon, um, but we'll, you know, we also get into some some more of the details of what we discussed in this episode. I'd also want to point out that I find it interesting that President-elect Biden has not really supported the idea of impeachment. And his point has sort of been, look, like, I don't, I, I, we have a lot of issues in this country right now, especially with the pandemic. And I need Congress to be able to vote on things that I need to do in my first hundred days. I don't want them bogged down. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, That's so. been an issue brought up as well, how to handle that type of situation. Uh, Congress is going to be very busy trying to fast track um, stimulus things and, uh, coronavirus related programs that they don't have time to handle an impeachment but yeah i'm eager to see what happens and and how this turns out it does seem like some republican senators particularly that i've listened to seem a little bit more bipartisan i want to say or more willing to work together after what happened they're less hardline on things that aren't really that important but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh, I think there are certainly those that are recognizing the significance of what happened. We've never seen anything like that before. Thankfully, it wasn't a lot worse. But it's still important to recognize how important of a day that was for our country in terms of what that means. And it's important how that event is handled within the government because, again, it will set a standard for how to handle those situations in the future. Anyways, go check out our episode from last year. Keep an eye on the news. Um, it's important to be aware of what's happening. So on that note, we will see you soon. And we're going to talk about something else for upcoming episodes. All right. We'll see you next time. So long. Thank you for listening to an hour of our time. If you like what you heard, we encourage you to explore our catalog of over 100 episodes and rate and review on your platform of choice. And if you have any comments or episode topic suggestions, contact us at anhourofourtimepodcast at gmail.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.